Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box. Wait a minute, he's still in the league? With Granny and Bischoff. You don't fight with honor. No, he did. Warts and all. Let's start the up. VGS, baby. VGS, 1-0. What a game last night. The first bite. Are the Golden Knights going 82-0-0? Only if Mark Stone picks up the puck, chucks it at someone's head, it hits their skate, and goes in the goal. Then they will be 82-0-0. That's it. That's it. That's all they need. That's really all they need. Right, or they, they play the crack in 82 times. Yeah. They play Hello? this division yeah. a lot. Yeah, Not 82 do. times. If they did play the division 82 yeah. times, they'd have a shot at 82 0 0. Okay. Let, let's start with Chandler Stevenson's game winning goal that went yeah. in off a skate. Did he kick it in or did he angle it in? I just watched it because, anywho, I just watched it. I'm going to actually get, say he angled it in. I'm going to say he angled it in. I don't think he. Did like your favorite sport where he did the kicking kicking motion on the uh, uh, end of the goal? I think he angled it. So it is incredibly stupid that there is a difference between kicking and angling. Oh, I, that it just goes off the skate. It's yeah. incredibly yeah. stupid. Yeah. But my one of my favorite hockey takes is that all goals should count. Who cares if, if it goes you off kick their head? Who cares if you <laughs> kick it in? Well, you should be allowed to pick the puck up and throw it into the net. But did you think he kicked it in? Yeah, if we're talking about kicking, sure. He kicked the really? puck. Yes, he intentionally used his skate to put Ooh. it on net. Now, he didn't mm. make a distinct kicking motion, which is technically the rule. Right, where he takes yes. his foot back. You're and apparently, you're allowed to angle it. Yes. But I don't understand. That's stupid. That's the same thing as kicking it to me. But here's my thing. Every goal should count. If you kick it, who like what's wrong with kicking the puck in? Why is that a bad thing? It's because you're supposed to use your stick. But if it if it deflects <laughs> off my hip and goes in, it's fine. I mean, hell, there's been a goal before where it got caught in the goalie's pants look, and he backed into the net and it counted. Look, if you're telling me someone can pick up a puck and chuck it at the goalie's that face, should be then, that too, then that because, would be funny. Then that would be funny. Because here's the thing. Guess what? You can shoot it with your stick a lot harder than you can throw it. That so is it's true. Not, it's not like people are going to just be randomly picking the puck up and chucking it at the goalie. Be fun. It would be hilarious. Especially if they passed it to each if other. If there's a loose puck in the crease and I'm laying on the ground and I can slap it with my hand and knock it in, why shouldn't that count? What's a dumber rule, that or the baseball one you hate? Which baseball one I hate? Because the there's a lot of them. It, well, it's the, the one where when, uh, where, he, where his body put it in. The crown rule like, double? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that one's stupid, too. But <laughs> this one's more stupid because there's because it, the baseball one with Hunter Renfro and the Red Sox, that's like the first time anyone has ever seen it happen. It's not like this is a recurring event. No, that, the it knocks off people's bodies and goes over the fence. But goals get disallowed all the time because they were kicked in. Right? Like, th- that's right. the thing that happens right. regularly. And it would happen, but we would probably have more goals if guys kicked it in. Here's the thing. Kicking the puck in might be harder to do than using your stick. Well, I would agree with that, given how fast it's going across the ice and you have to get right. your skate on. I-, I will agree with that. Yes. So, like, if we're rewarding, like, talent and skill, that sounds like a pretty good skill <laughs> well, to Well, then you know what? Keep Chandler Stevenson on the top line because yeah, he obviously great. has more skill than anybody. He's great. And that's the thing. If he wants to pick it up and throw it in, that should be allowed, too. I just... It's a game. There's not many goals scored over the course of a hockey game. There were seven last night. Yeah, that's that's a, lot. a lot. It's a lot. And we're worried about did it, did a guy make a kicking motion? Who cares if he made a kicking motion? That's you need more goals in the sport. So let it count. Let it count if they throw it. In. I think every goal should count. The only exceptions are like 
there was goalie interference or something like that. So okay. you are a goalie interference guy where well, if they knock the guy to the ice, they shouldn't be able to pick it up and throw it in. Pick it up and throw it in, yes, but you can't just <laughs> tackle the goalie. You'd, I thought you'd like something yeah. like that. No, I'm fine if you pick it up and throw it in. Okay. Can you tackle the goalies? I kind of would be in favor of just the <laughs> goalies being would. free range. Yes. That'd be that'd be a lot of fun. It might not be safe to play goalie, <laughs> uh, but the goalie uh, goalie interference it's just too I don't know it's too tricky. Like it's I don't know it, it's too hard well, to it's referee. Almost, yeah, and it's almost like pass interference. I don't know if they get him half right half the time anyway. Right. So it's that part of it is more of how subjective the call is, and they don't have a set rule no. like it's not like the rule is not like the rule should just be if you touch the goalie in the blue crease it's goalie right. interference right then we would know every single time whether or not it's goalie it's interference. interference but because the rule is written like well if you impede the goalie from making the save yeah. and it's kind of like well that's his job he's there to screen the goalie so of course he's going to impede him from making a save yeah, it's it's too much of a gray area if they would just make it a set rule of all right goalies in the blue crease you, you touch, touch him, him it's interference. It's interference. Then it'd be a lot easier to referee. But other than just straight up tackling the goalie, I think all goals should count. Hell, I'd take away offsides too. There's no reason to have offside in the sport. Oh, just free for all. Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. There's not gonna you're you're gonna maybe what add three or four extra breakaways a game, yeah. and who doesn't want that? By no, the way, you want two and three on yeah, it'd be that. more fun. So take that away. All goals should count. I don't care how it gets in the back of the net. Count it. I thought, uh, I've got to be honest with you, I thought they were fortunate not to be down at least 1-0, if not 2-0 early. I thought the Kraken had some pretty great-A chance. I, I was watching them. Now, defensively, they're, they've got some work to do, but I thought <laughs> but uh, I thought they they were kind of exciting early on. I'm like, you know, they, they had some shots. I'm like, all right, they're kind of pushing the action. And I, I don't know, I enjoyed watching them. Um, I don't really know how well the Knights played. It was kind of a weird game. Um Again, I'm going back and forth because there is there's something going on with John Gruden nowadays. Um, yeah. so we're having to work that. So I don't know how well the Not Knights well. really played. No. I don't think they did. I thought the second line seemed they, they did a lot of things with, with Marshall and Smith and, and Carlson. But the rest of them, I mean, I guess make you know make fun of a, a goal and, and, and get all fired up. And maybe then you'll fire up the uh, first line to score a goal. They got mad at that. First shift. Of the game, Seattle had two scoring chances, yeah. and the Golden Knights took a penalty. I mean, the first yeah. shift of the game, Seattle was looked dominant. like the Golden Knights, right? Was <laughs> dominant for the first shift of the game. But even over the course of the game, Golden Knights won the game, but Seattle had the edge in Corsi and had the edge in expected goals. So, did, did they have the edge in shots? Uh, I don't know if it they was had close. shots on goal, it but was total close. shots they did. So, okay. like you, you come, you take walk away from that game, and it was a close game. On the scoreboard, it was a close game in the advanced stats as well. But you walk away from that game, and the Golden Knights were not significantly better than Seattle. No, not last night. Over the course of the season, we all expect that they're going to be significantly better than Seattle. But they were not last night. Here was, I think, the biggest problem. The Golden Knights got basically nothing from their bottom six. I played more than some on the fourth line. Yeah, so your fourth line, which was Pavel Dorofeyev and Dylan Coglin, a defenseman, uh, they both played under five minutes in this game. Uh, Keegan Kolasar was the other fourth liner. They put him on different lines throughout the game, so he actually got over double-digit minutes in the game. Um, but you got nothing out of that fourth line because they they didn't even play it. And here's what's interesting to me. Pete DeBoer, when talking about Pavel Dorofeyev being in the lineup for game one, 
He mentioned the salary cap gymnastics. Yes. We're one We're game already in. That. We're already into that. Now, I will say, I, I, here's my best guess as to what he meant by why they were salary cap gymnastics for Pavel Dorofeyev. First off, he's waiver exempt, so you can move him up and down as much right. as you want. But more importantly, for the Golden Knights, because they have Alex Tuck, like you need to get to, you have long-term IR, which allows you basically, when you include your injured players, you can go over the salary mm-hmm. cap. But to but when you place players on long-term IR, you need to be as close to the salary cap as possible. So Pavel Dorofeyev makes more money. It's only about 100, 150,000 more, but he makes more money than Jonas Ronberg and Jake LeCision, the two forwards that could have potentially played in this game. He makes 150,000 more, almost 200,000 more than one of them. That to me is the logic there is they were simply looking for money to get them closer to the salary cap. And that's the salary cap gymnastics. But again, we're one game in and Pete DeBoer can't pick his best lineup. They won the game. I'm going to give you the bird's eye view. You're going to give me Corsi, advanced stats, analytics. They don't have a third or fourth line right now. Bird's eye view. Okay. What about Peyton Krebs? Keegan Colasar actually played more minutes than Peyton Krebs last night. Peyton Krebs. Peyton Krebs played really well from what I saw. He was bottom three in Corsi and expected goals. I don't remember a significant thing he did in the game. It's kind of disappointing. He didn't play 10 minutes. He played right at 10 minutes. Is he? Yeah. So it's kind of disappointing that that's what you get out of Peyton Krebs in game one. But to be fair to him, that third line with Nolan Patrick and Evgeny Dadnov, they didn't really do much either. Like they didn't get much from that third line. So you're looking at a team that in the off season, the front office decided the top six is good, but they can't do it themselves. We need to improve the bottom six. We need to make the third and fourth line better. And in the first game of the season, the third and the fourth line still suck. I mean, I even thought the first line was okay. I thought oh, nobody second, was great. I thought last the night. second line was pretty good. Second line was the best, but Very nobody best. was really great last no. night. They'll be fine. They will be. They'll be but fine. We're one game in after an yeah. offseason where Kelly McCrimmon was talking about having the deepest forward group ever, and Dylan Coglin, a defenseman, was on the fourth line to start the season. They've got some injuries. They've got a guy out because of COVID protocol. Absolutely, but that's going to happen over the course of a season. It's hockey. Guys get hurt all the time, and your fourth line barely played last night, and your third line wasn't any good. How'd you think Leonard played? Yeah, not great. I thought he was right. I not, mean, he made great. a couple of good he made saves. Made a couple of good saves but, early because it could have been 1 0. But that's, I mean, he gave up three goals. Seattle's expected goals was 2.4. So okay. he was slightly worse than average. Like, that's, there's nothing special about that. Now, over the course of the regular season, Golden Knights have an average goalie. They're winning the division. That's sure. all they need to win the division. Sure. That's how bad the division is. The playoffs are what's important. Yeah. Robin Leonard's got to be better than average in yes. the playoffs. If he does that the entire regular season, he's not going to have very good stats. But the Golden Knights are still going to win the division. But we'll be worried once we get to the playoffs. Can Robin Leonard actually do this in the playoffs and be a top-end goalie? But he'll probably be fine as the year goes on. I mean, here's the thing. He gives up three goals. Third one was soft. Third one was very soft where he gives up a wrist shot from right. the faceoff circle that even Robin Leonard said he, he misplayed it and should have made that save. The other two Robin Leonard deserves some blame, but the golden Knights couldn't keep anybody out from in front of Robin Leonard. Like one was a rebound mm-hmm. and Alec Martinez just got beat to the rebound. Just, he was standing there, was in position, but just got beat to the rebound. Leonard probably needs to do a better job controlling the rebound, but Martinez got beat. The other one was a centering pass and Shea Theodore got beat, right. got beat to the puck going to the center of the ice. Shea Theodore should have been there to break it up. Uh, Leonard probably could have done better to break it up himself, but in both situations, it was a case where the golden Knights didn't clear the front of the net, which 
you go back to the playoffs last year, that was one of their big issues, was clearing the front. When they gave up goals last year, it's because they failed to clear the front of the net. Bird's eye view. If you give up a soft goal in the third and you, you know, have a little celebration for yourself, don't piss off that first, that top line. Ah, yeah. oh, the stoner. Celebrate Stoner more. came out and said, we saw Celebrate that. Celebrate more. We saw that. Oh, I'm with you. I, I wish he would have twirled a stick in the air like started dancing. Yeah. That would have been great. But uh, Stoner said, we saw that, and uh, we're coming out. And then, you know, Stevenson kicks the puck, <laughs> and, they, and they get the 4-3 uh, uh, win. All right, coming up next, we'll jump back into the Raiders because the new coach, Rich Bisaccia, is going to speak today. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Be part of the conversation on the Finley Kia text line at 69187. Finley Kia, come see a Kia on West Sahara. So the Raiders still dealing with the fallout of John Gruden's resignation uh, yesterday. No media availability uh, from the Raiders, but today Rich Bisaccia will speak to the media. There will not be any players, although uh, Wednesday is usually Derek Carr is when he normally speaks. I'm going to pause on that and say we might get some players. Oh, you think so? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So often, maybe... they, often they just send out in their emails the coach, but then when you get there, there's players. Okay. All right. So maybe there will be players today, yeah. but... There has been no announcement that Mark Davis will speak, correct? No. Okay. No, only Rich Bisaccia, I believe. I will be surprised if Carr doesn't speak. This is his regular day. That would I don't think they'll take him off his regular day. And then after that, usually they'll come in and say someone else. How long is Mark Davis going to Ooh. effectively hide from this? I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. I, Mark Davis is one thing. I'm And again, I'm going to preface all this with it can change when we get to the facility. A lot of stuff changes. They pop their head in and say, this, coming, this guy's coming out, this guy's coming out. If not Mark Davis, how can't Mike Mayock speak? Because essentially, for the football operations, Mike Mayock, I would think, is now in charge of all football operations because John Gruden was now Mike Mayock is. I've got to be honest. Yes, I want to hear from Mark Davis, but I really want to hear from Mike Mayock because he's in charge of football now. Because what you're going to have, if the Raiders let Rich Passaccia speak and then Derek Carr and maybe some other players, you're having an interim head coach who was just the special teams coach and players basically be the first ones to answer for John Gruden's right. resignation. Not Mike Mayock, not Mark Davis, right. not anybody who's supposed to be the leadership of this team. Right. You're having the interim head coach and players, players answer these questions, which is kind of ridiculous if you're Mark Davis and Mike Mayock, yeah. because one of those two, probably both. And they could. Yeah. But I feel like they would announce that if one of those two was going to be speaking. I feel like that also. Yeah. There would be a rush of crowd <laughs> yes. if for whatever reason one of those two were speaking. Because we also had yesterday the Tampa Bay Bucks removed John Gruden from their ring mm-hmm. of honor. John Gruden led the Bucks to a Super Bowl as their head coach, beat the Raiders. Um, how are we sitting in a position where the Bucks have done more than the Raiders about this? Like they have come out stronger than the Raiders did in the wake of John Gruden's emails well, being published. Are you speaking about are you talking about Mark Davis not speaking yet? Yeah, well, because Mark, he's not in a ring Mark of honor. You're, you're not talking about there's nothing really to take right. away from him. But Mark Davis just, hasn't done right. anything. Right. He didn't even fire him. He let him resign right. and then put out a statement just saying I accepted the yeah. resignation. Like there has not been since so Friday. Last Friday they put out a statement after the first John Gruden email was public and they basically condemned it said this is not, you know, what the Raiders are about. Since then, a lot more stuff, worse stuff, has become public, and yes. they haven't said anything except yeah. we've accepted John Gruden's I resignation. They done, they, I agree Mark Davis you. hasn't done anything. Yeah. It's like it's been three days, and yeah. Mark Davis hasn't done anything and is apparently not going to talk to the media. So I don't know 
when he actually speaks, what he actually has to say. Because here's the thing. You've given him credit on the show, and rightfully so. No, I, no, I, I have. I, I've given him a lot of credit for any time I've reached out to him for the newspaper. I've either has answered the phone or gotten right back to me. Yeah. And there's no question. Um, uh, we've had people reach out to him in the last few days. I don't think there's been either an answer or a comment. Yeah. Um, so, look, I, I'm with you. I think they both should speak. And if Mark Davis wants to hand the football operations over to Mike Mayock, Mike Mayock definitely needs to be in front of the media speaking about this. Uh, if not if not just having comments about John Gruden, that's fine. But going forward, I want to know, Are you? well, I assume he's in charge of football. Do you think you're going to be in charge of football beyond this season? And if you yeah. are in charge of football this season, are you hiring the new coach? Right. Those are kind of important questions to ask Mike Mayock. Who's running the search now? Because we know there'll be a new coach. Because even so from the Raiders perspective, even if you're Mark Davis and Mike Mayock and you want to avoid having to talk about John Gruden, what you just brought up is a great point. Talk about football. What the hell happens next? Right. Like, what? Like, we're we're five games into the season. The coach is gone and everybody's kind of wondering how much control does Mike Mayock have or is he going to have in the future? Which, by the way, let me ask you this. John Gruden being gone. Good or bad for Mike Mayock? I actually think it's good for Mike Mayock because I do think Davis is a Mike Mayock fan, and I think he wants to just bring everything in and to be calm and not make a ton of changes. Do I think, well, there will obviously be a new coach. I do think Mike Mayock will lead the search for a coach. Obviously, Davis will have some input. It's his team. But I think Mayock will uh, run the search, and I think Mike Mayock will be back next year if he chooses to be back. So you don't think that Mark Davis will effectively want a clean house? I do not think that okay. because I think he believes Mike Mayock had nothing to do with what John Gruden wrote in emails 10 years ago or over a seven-year period. So if if he, if Mark Davis doesn't decide, hey, because here's the other part. We've got a long season to go, too. Like, yeah, it's depend, 12 more games. Right. If I mean, the Raiders keep, lose every game from seven here on Seven and out, 10, yeah. then who, all bets are off right. for everybody. Um, but if Mark Davis doesn't decide to clean house, then I do think it's good for Mike Mayock because I think there's a legitimate chance that he basically gets to have control here where yes. before we've had this conversation had control a hundred times. How much control does Mike Mayock have, right. right? The draft picks have not been good in the first round. How much is Mike Mayock to blame for that versus John Gruden or even maybe Al- or Tom Cable in the case of Alex Otherwood. So it'll be interesting to see. And again, it'd be nice if one of them talked, talk about who was going to be in charge and all that going forward, but it'll be interesting to see. Mike Mayock's roster and personnel decisions going forward if he is, in fact, given yeah. full control. You know, you make a great point because we don't know how these last 12 games are going. I mean, if they just fall apart, then I'll bet you I do think, look, I mean, it's obvious, I think, with a new coach, if there's cleaning house to do, I think most of that will be the staff. I don't think, you know, we'll see if Gus Bradley's defense continues to play well. He has a relationship with whoever's hired. Then I think, you know, you might look at, you know, keeping him because he has turned it somewhat so far. Um, but a lot of the coaches, I would think, would would go. Can you imagine Gus Bradley finally gives the Raiders their first top 15 defense in like two decades? And then, yeah, we hired a new coach, and he doesn't really like Gus Bradley. Yeah, so, yeah. new defensive coordinator coming in. Paul Gunther <laughs> has been hired as a defensive coordinator of the Las Vegas Raiders. Marvin Lewis is the new head coach, yeah. and he's bringing Paul Gunther back to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. Um, so... We'll see what Rich Versace has to say today. Um, I can't imagine Rich Versace will have a lot to say no, today. No, I don't think so. I don't. Th- I mean, again, he's gonna. I, I I'm fascinated at what players and Versace and these guys say in reference to Gruden. I think I know what they'll say. I think especially players, they'll say, "Hey, we got to move on. We got a season to play." I don't think there'll be a lot of. Let's put it this way: I might be totally wrong, but 
I've been around players, and we, we knew what they'd say after the game the other day when the first email came out, and we knew that they would back him. Uh, you and I talked about it yesterday. The closest anyone came to a negative reaction was Yannick Ngakwe saying, I have no comment. I don't, I'll be shocked, Tyler, if I'm there today or tomorrow and players go after him. I I, 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 I'm just going to be shocked. Uh, Trayvon Mullen actually posted on Instagram. That was support. Yeah, a picture, and then it's about how you finish. Got you, JG, which we can assume is John Gruden. Maybe it's somebody else, but we can assume the JG is John Gruden saying got you. So that looks like Trayvon Mullen <laughs> is supportive of what John What if Gruden. it was his neighbor, like <laughs> Jack Krasinski? Like, it would be that? funny if there was just some, <laughs> some other like JG random neighbor. Yes, that's going through a hard time, <laughs> yes, and Trayvon exactly. Mullen's like, we got you. We got you, We man. got you. It would Jackie. be funny. Um, but yeah, so... It, that's uh, we haven't seen much else uh, in terms of players posting anything, uh, but I would I'm I'm with you. I don't think anybody's really going to come out player wise and say anything that's too much critical. No. Now, I mean, they might say, "Look, we disagree with what the emails said." They, I don't know if anyone can really support the emails. They can support him and say this isn't who we knew. He never showed any of this to us. You know, he everything was fine with us. I think we're going to get a lot of that. We're going to get a lot of what Josh Jacobs said the other day. I've known this man for three years. He never showed me that yeah. side. Like, I think we get a lot of that stuff instead of really going after him hard for the emails. Yeah. So I can't believe we didn't bring this up yesterday. But one of our listeners, Afro Marv on Twitter, pointed it out. What happens to Deuce Gruden? The Deucer. He's still on the staff. He's not Absolutely. gone. He's not gone yet. I mean... That's a that's a great one. I think a lot of it has to do with um, talking to his dad and what his dad thinks he should do and, and giving him the advice. I would think the dad would say stay on the staff if you want to. I mean, it's yeah. a, it's his job. I mean, he's he's part of the staff. I mean, yeah, I think he says unless, you know, you can also say, hey, that was my father and I didn't agree with what happened. So I'm stepping away. It could be left up to him. But I don't if you're asking if they'd make, you know, if they if anyone inside the facility might speak to him about stepping away. I don't think that would happen. I, I, I just don't I don't believe that would happen. I don't believe it would be fair if it happened. Whoever, um, if he's been a good employee, he's been a good employee. Whoever makes the decisions, whether it's Mike Mayock or whether it's a complete house cleaning or whoever makes the decisions, we got to get him to keep Deuce Gruden around. Absolutely. Next year yes. and beyond. Give him yes. a lifetime contract. Keep or at least Deuce. 10 years for $100 million. <laughs> I don't know if it's a lifetime, but he could at least get 10 years for $100 million. Does he? Wait, wait, wait. He's John Gruden the second, right? He can go. Is that the deucer? Yeah, that's why he's deuce because he's the second. Oh, okay. Right? I, I I'm, I'm correct in saying that, right? <laughs> You're making me question myself. No. I'm pretty confident it's, it's that's a pretty, right. That's a pretty confident statement, I would think. Yeah. <laughs> so, I Daddy's I, looking it up as we speak. <laughs> I need Deuce Gruden to just go knock on the door and be like, "Hey, that hundred million dollars." Yeah, uh, I mean, there's sixty of it left. <laughs> my name's John. <laughs> my name's John. Yeah. I'll, I'll take I mean, it. Just change that over. social security number on the check, and we're going to be fine. <laughs> Which, by the way, and maybe this is something that's worth diving into even more that we'll probably never get the answer to. John Gruden still had the six years left on his deal. What, like, do you think there was an, I mean, he resigned, so technically he forfeited it, but do right. you think that the reason that he resigned and wasn't fired is because Mark Davis was going to have to pay him the full contract out if he fired him? I think, I think we're going to get a more clarity on the contract soon. I think we're going to get more clarity on if there was a buyout, if there was some kind of financial arrangement, like, okay, we owe you this, but we're going to give you this. Um, or if like, Hey, if you step away and let me ask you this, I mean, you know, he's done very well for himself. Obviously we had a story in the paper today, very short time ago, he bought a home for over $4 million. Um, so, you know, he's, he's okay financially. It's, I mean, are you stepping away from 60? 
That's, that's a lot of money for <laughs> generations of your family and generations, and that's a lot of money. So if you're telling me they struck a deal of some sort, I don't think they would have paid him the rest, but right. some sort of deal that, hey, we're going to give you this, you know, this is how we're going to play this, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, right? I would believe that. Um but I mean, because if, if I was John Gruden, I'm not walking away. I'm not. Oh, no, I'm not, not resigning. that. I mean, unless they're going to yeah. strike a deal. Right. With me. I'm not resigning without. Yeah. No. You've given me something. If I've right. got if it's fully guaranteed. And again, this is we've had this conversation a lot about the outs. That we the Raiders really don't have. know no about the contract. So we'll see. All right. Coming up next. David Shane joins the show. We're back to the press box morning show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Now from the review journal is Dave Shane. Good morning, Dave. Hello, How David. Good morning, guys. Uh, so, all right. The first thing we got to start with: um, salary cap gymnastics for the first game of the season. Are we doing this all year again? Oh, I don't know. Um, I had a hard enough time just figuring out what those gymnastics <laughs> were last night, Wait, and have you, why have you figured out what they are? Sam was the one that had to be in there, and not say like Jack Dugan, uh, for instance. So. I don't know. I mean, it feels like it to some degree, yeah, that this team is always going to kind of flirt with, you know, going over that that, that upper limit. Um, maybe not to that extent. I don't know if we're going to see uh, Dora Fayev again. But, yeah, I think I think to some extent they're always going to have to be creative and, and push the limits. Well, we didn't really see him last night either. Did you figure out, <laughs> like, did you figure out what it is, like why he was the one that had to be in because of their salary cap? No, no, I haven't yet. Um, I, yeah, I had a couple of things I was going off of and tried to try to see if it worked. Couldn't confirm it. Um, wasn't able to get uh, a hold of anybody that's smarter than me about it either. So, unfortunately, um, I'm going to keep working on it today. Let's see what I can come up with. My uh, partner here thinks you should not be able to kick. You should also be able to kick a puck in the goal, but not only that, pick it up and throw it at a goalie's yes. face. And however you can get it in the goal, get it into the goal. Uh, tell us your thoughts on this rule. Was it a kicking motion? Did he not kick it in? And do you think at any point just a free-for-all, get the, go- get the puck in as- the best you can? You know, I've always gone back and forth on, like, the free-for-all part of it. And, like, you know, should hockey have offside or just, you know, just let them go wherever the heck they want. And, you know, if it's team handball and ice and whatever you have to do to get the puck in the net, like, do it. Uh, my first thing last night when I saw it was, like, oh, that's coming back. I mean, you could see him kind of turn the skate and it kind of comes up. And everything that Pete DeBoer said about, well, you know, when it's on the outside of the skate, you know, you can't really do it. Like, I'm like, come on. That's kind of what, you know, like you can absolutely do it with the outside of your, of your skate. So we were just, we were talking and, and I don't know if it came across probably not very well in my story, but we just all thought it was so funny that it's like, it took one game for the Kraken fans to be like, oh, stinking refs, you know, like it was like the ultimate welcome to the NHL, like, you know, one game and now you're like everybody else. You get to complain about the refereeing in hockey. <laughs> the the rules analyst that ESPN brought on to explain it basically was like, well, you can intentionally angle your skate to put it in the net, but if you wind up and swing with your foot, that's when it's against the rules. So you can intentionally put it in with your skate, just as long as you don't swing like you're kicking an extra point in the NFL, it's going to count. Yeah, and and I think that's maybe where Pete DeBoer was kind of trying to go with it. And I think even Chandler Stevenson, I think, made a reference to, you know, it being a little lucky that it was on the outside of his 
of escape. Maybe that helped things. So they seem to be aware of, you know, kind of that uh, unwritten rule maybe, um, that if it's on the outside, you know, it's a lot harder to, like, you know, really make that kicking motion. But I don't know. I certainly thought he, you know, kind of redirected it, did, did something. So, you know, for the nights, I guess, maybe it's an early break. I say let them all count. You're only going to add, like, what, yeah. six goals per team the rest of the year if you let goals that get kicked in count? Like, it's it's also skill if you kick it in. That's impressive, so let it count. Yeah, as fast as going on the ice, that might be more skill than hitting it with your stick. I actually think Stevenson did exactly what he did on purpose, that he, you know, kind of subtly did sort of kick it, and do, you know, that, that he knew he wasn't going to get the puck with his stick. So, okay, let's see what happens, and... You know, good on him. You got away with it, I guess. All right. Overreaction Wednesday. Can they play <laughs> Can they play just average and still easily win this division? Mm, I don't know about average, but the one thing I'll say is I, uh, I have gotten a kick out of, and I'm terrible at math, so, like, Tyler can totally rate me over the coals for this. But, like, everybody's made these, predi- uh, you know, projections and predictions about, you know, certain guys, and I won't talk about the Knights, but, like, I've seen the Connor McDavid. Oh, Connor McDavid's going to have 150-plus points this year based on his pace last year. Well, like, that was against the Canadian division. Like, how can how can you do everything based off playing, you know, in their case, I think, what, six other teams the entire year? Yeah. You know, for the Golden Knights, it's, like, seven teams the whole year. Like, I just don't think you can gauge a whole heck of a lot. Like, yeah, you can use it to some degree, but... I think it's going to be different. Like, they're going to have to play teams they haven't played for a couple of years. You know, go on the road, face, you know, real home, uh, you know, home crowds uh, and buildings and, and all sorts of things. Like, I don't expect the Knights to be on a 120-point pace, you know, the way that they were last year. You know, having to play other teams around the league and everything like that. So, I don't know if you can, like, just coast and, and play average and win that division. But all that being said, like, Who's going to challenge them? There's not really a threat. You know, there's definitely not a Colorado like there was last year. That's for Darcher. I mean, I guess, you know, what, Edmonton, if it gets hot, you know, excuse me. But there's just really not, you know, there's really not anybody else that can kind of punch, you know, with with their weight either. Uh, This offseason, Kelly McCrimmon kind of made it a point to say, hey, this is the deepest forward group we've ever had. Game one. They have to start a defenseman and Pavel Dorofeyev on the fourth line. Both of those guys played less than five minutes. The third line didn't really do a whole lot either. Uh, how big of a concern is that the deepest forward group ever wasn't very deep in the first game? Yeah, I, I do. I do think that's a concern. And, and again, to go back to it, it's like, well, where was Gage Cooney? Where was somebody like, you know, Sven Barchi at the very least, you know, guys who have uh, at least played NHL games. Um, or at least played preseason games. I mean, Dora Five didn't even play a preseason game. So it, it's just so curious as far as, like, what was the math or why why was maybe he rewarded over somebody, say, like Dugan, who was listed on the roster. It, it, it doesn't quite make a whole lot of sense. But, you know, as far as the, the deepest forward group, like, I totally get that, and I agree with it. And I, I think especially when you look at it on paper and you put Alex Tuck in the mix as well, even though he's – on I think it's hard to dispute, you know, what Kelly McCrimmon and the players are saying about them, you know, being so deep up front. But I think I told you guys this, and I've definitely said this on, on other shows, and, and I'll go on record with this. I have major questions about Nolan Patrick 
and Evgeny Dadadov, uh, or Dadanov, or however he's pronouncing it this week, uh, and just won their ability to develop chemistry together on a third line. I, I just don't feel like they mesh. I made a comment last night. Um, you... Maybe it was in like the second period. that I felt like every time Dadanov was on the ice, the Knights were stuck in their own zone. So I, I just I know it's one game, and, and if we're going to do you know overreaction Wednesday and all that, yes. I'll, I'll do so. But those two, I have I have real concerns that they're going to come through and produce the way that the Knights are projecting and need them to this year. What'd you think of Leonard? I thought he was fine. I thought he was good. Uh, I thought he was good early. He had to be early to just yeah. say, you know keep keep it zero zero and let you know let the Knights be opportunistic and. You know what? Two out of their first three shots, I think. When it was reminding me like a soccer game, you like absorb pressure, absorb pressure. One counterattack, one shot, boom, goal. You know. Um, so in that sense, yeah, he had to be good. I didn't like that third goal at all, though. Uh, I don't think he did either. Uh, I think that's when he knows he has to stop. And you know, it's weird because we've seen a few of those goals. You know, guys coming down that right wing like that and being able to to pick a corner on him. But, you know, I think he'll be fine. I think, I think anybody that's worried about the Knights' goaltending from that standpoint in terms of, you know, will they get good goaltending? Is Robin Leonard a good goaltender? I don't think that's a question. Like, he's proven that over the last three years. So, in that sense, you know, I think he was fine, and, and I would expect him to play, you know, play well all year. Well, let's expect the worst in the question we tried to answer yesterday. Uh, how bad does he have to be for fans to actually start booing him? I don't know. I heard a couple fans, and I don't know if it was their imagination last night, but I, I heard a couple people say that he was booed last night. Really? I mean, wow. which yeah, which I didn't hear that at all. I'm gonna like I did not hear that at all. It sounded like he actually got a loud ovation wow. uh, for pregame. Yeah. So I don't know where people were coming up with that. Um, I don't want to start something that wasn't there, but it just feels <laughs> like uh, the, you know the unfortunate thing, and I kind of wrote about this a little bit. And, I think everybody's sort of danced around it. It's the the big elephant in T-Mobile. I think Dave Gosher referred to it as, but you know, he's not Mark Andre Fleury, and like no matter what, that's never going to be enough, you know, for some people and some Knights fans, unfortunately. Maybe that was way down on left on the in the press box. Right there, Maybe you heard it down there. Maybe you heard it down there. Uh, was there anything better last night than the pregame show? No, no, like that was. Unbelievable! I don't usually get like excited about stuff like that, and I have to watch my language because if I was talking about this normally, I would be saying words you would have to beat out and everything. Yeah. Like, hold on, because our because our producer just our producer just re- uh, reached for the seven second delay. So just go ahead and say whatever you want. Yeah, just, just do the dump or whatever right now. Yeah, <laughs> it was unreal. Like. A freaking cracking, like coming out of the ice or giant octopus, whatever that thing was. Like, I, I think I wrote this. It made that Winnipeg jet getting cut in half look like eight bit Nintendo graphics. I mean, it was absolutely phenomenal. Like, you know, just seeing that thing pop up, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> well, he is David Shane from the Review Journal. David, uh, we're going to get you to rate and review every pregame show yes. they do this year. Absolutely. Oh, totally. Oh, absolutely. I'll do it. Thanks, David. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Take care. Hey, good, have a great morning, guys. You too. Have a good morning. Yeah. I I mean, I didn't well, I did see it because it was on Twitter a lot, but I saw the the graphic of it and it seemed like it was pretty amazing. All right, coming up next, we'll get into baseball because Ed, have some confidence in your Dodgers for once. 
We're back to the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff, live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios. Ed, how many times do I have to tell you the Dodgers are good? I never said they were good. I just said nervous that they can't advance. I, I know have they're good. Have some faith that they're going to win. They're Great winning game, game five. You know they are. Ten strikeouts from the kid. Last game, he just totally handcuffed them. Yeah. It's not going to happen. They got to score Logan against them Webb's this time. not going to shut them out a second I, time. No, 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 no. It's not going to happen. And we got we got a really good uh, postseason pitcher, Julio Rios. He's already got like seven postseason wins. He's still really young. So... Dodgers maybe, maybe. Travel day today. They're all getting rested. All getting rested. Listen, all hands on deck geez. except for Bueller. It's going to be an easy win in game five. No. Walk into San Francisco. No. Walk out with like a 7 1 win. No. Easy day. Easy day for hope the Dodgers. Right. They'll, be playing, right. they'll be playing the Braves again in the NLCS. Uh, more importantly, <laughs> the Astros beat the White oh, Sox 10 1. I thought to you were going to say, more importantly, Cody Bellinger was on base like hey, four times. Hey, he did get on base. He got on base all night, that hits. guy. Yeah, walk. Bellinger's the... back. Watch yeah. out. I mean, he's, he's swinging it well, Tyler. Who needs Max Muncy? <laughs> you know, I'm a fan of his. So <laughs> there is a lesson to be learned from the ALCS because the Red Sox and the Dodgers, or excuse me, the Red Sox and the Astros are going to play in the ALCS. And the lesson here is to always cheat. Cheaters prosper. Because the last two teams to cheat that were found to have used technology <laughs> to steal signs are back in the ALCS, the Astros and the Red Sox. And not just the Red Sox, but Alex Cora is back yes. who. MLB's investigation basically singled him out as the ringleader of the Astro right. sign stealing scheme. He was hired by Boston. They got caught using Apple watches, but the Red Sox, when he got his one year ban, fired him and then brought him back once his one year ban was over, which is this year. And he's back in the ALCS. So always cheat. You're not going to get in that much trouble. It's going to be fine. Now you're going to know this off the top of your head. And how was the season series and who's the better team? Astros dominated. Uh, oh. Five out of seven. Oh. Astros are significantly better than the Red Sox. Okay. I don't even think it's remotely close. So you're going to the World Series? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. Astros in five. Only concern is that Lance McCullers can't pitch until game three. That's the only concern. Okay. And he has right. a forearm strain, and that's why he came out. I of wish the game I was as confident four. in my side than you are. You in should yours. be. The Dodgers are good. Yeah, they are good. They're good. Oh man, are they cheating yet? Maybe if they start cheating, you'll be confident in them. No, I, I'd like it though. It, if you told me they could cheat their brains out tomorrow night, then I'd be all for it because I can't believe they're going to lose to the Giants. I'd be depressed. Cheating is great. Yeah. You should always cheat. Make sure uh, Julio Urias has the pine tar <laughs> spider tack. They well, they're they're kind of checking, but they're not really. They don't check very anymore. much anymore. It's been a long season of checking. They kind. I, I saw Scherzer the night. He barely took the belt. Like, he, you know, you're supposed to check in the belt. He barely, like, put that down. Like, I was, yeah, you're okay. They actually, in, I can't remember if it was game one or game two, uh, one of the Astros relievers, like, the umpire Got came checked. out. Yeah, well, during the inning, the umpire came out and was like, what's on your arm? And he was like, it's just sweat. I swear it's just sweat. And the umpire made him set his glove down, walk over to the dugout, get a towel, towel. and wipe his arms off. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, it is the Astros. You're always looking for things. <laughs> okay, can I yell about Tony La Russa, too? Uh, did sure. you see what he did yesterday? No. Okay. Eighth inning. Down what? Astros down 7-1 to one in the eighth inning. Two outs. It's a 3-2 count. And Jose Abreu, their best hitter, gets hit with a fastball up like at the shoulder. Tony La Russa comes running out of the dugout. And he is yelling at the Astros dugout. He's yelling at the Astros pitcher and he's yelling at the umpires because he thinks that 
the Astros hit Jose Abreu on purpose. Just to hit him up yeah, seven. When one. they were four outs away yeah. from going to the ALCS. Tony LaRusso was on the field for 10 minutes. Would not leave the field, and they wouldn't throw him out for some reason. I don't know why they didn't just throw him out. Because he just stayed on the field yelling at the umps for 10 minutes. His team was down by six runs with four outs to go. Uh. And he was just out there, just yelling at everybody that was in his way. And then, after the game, during his post-game press conference, said that there was a character shortage from the Astros. And if they didn't admit that they hit him on purpose, that they were lying. Boy, Tony's reaching, man. He's reaching over the hurdle for that one. Four <laughs> outs away, and you're like, down seven one. And they tacked on three. Yeah, and then Altuve hit a three run home run in the top of the ninth. And I would, by the I way, would have taken if I'm Altuve, I might have taken six hours to get around the base. Should have. Altuve got hit in like the third inning of that game. <laughs> they hit the Astros' best player earlier in the game, well, and Larusse had nothing to say about that. And it's just so stupid. Nothing had boiled to that point, right? No, there was so been... it wasn't like something like retaliation. No. So. I mean, these guys are four outs away. They're not worried about you, and they're certainly right. not worried about anyone else. Just They're, they're about to go to the uh, ALCS. And Tony Russa in his postgame, that was his big point. Not that his season was over. Character. Not that his team got destroyed in the ALDS. It was that, well, they hit my best player on purpose in the eighth inning, and oh, they, they better own up to it. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they're shaking in their boots, like, Tony. That was that was what his postgame press conference was about. He did. He was not worried at all that his team's season was over. Does that guy come back? He was asked about it and was like, I don't know. We'll see. So, I mean, you know, I don't know what else he'd have to do. So I'm sure he wants to come back, but I don't know if the, the team wants him back. I mean, the White Sox won the worst division. Well, maybe yeah. the NL East, but won one of the two terrible divisions in baseball and in their playoff appearance got smoked. Like they won one of four games and they got crushed by at least five right. runs and the other three they lost. Like it wasn't even a competitive series. So if you're looking for a reason to bring Tony La Russa back, uh, I don't think he did much. I mean, hell, his biggest contribution was, you remember your main Mercedes who was off to a hot start and then hit the home run on a yeah. 3-0 pitch and Tony La Russa started yelling at him and yeah. he ended up going down to triple A because he couldn't hit from then on. <laughs> like that was his biggest contribution on the year was ruining his own player because he hit a home run on a 3-0. Oh, by the way. That might have been the best part of the game yesterday. One of the biggest uh, hits of the game, Alex Bregman, two, uh, two RBI double, 3-0 count. Oh, really? Oh, one of the best parts of it, yeah. That's probably why Larusa was so mad. 3-0 count and he yeah. had a double? Yeah, giving up runs on a 3-0 count. That's actually pretty funny. Got to be furious on it. So, Tony Larusa just The Braves, play. Freddie Freeman. Okay. They're on. Two crazy stats. One, Josh Hader had given up one extra base hit to a left-handed hitter all season, and it was a double. Freddie Freeman go oppo? Yeah, well, sort of left center, so, yeah. And then, two, Josh Hader apparently hadn't given up a run since July 28th. Ooh. What? That's insane. (laughs) You think that's true? An earned run or a run? I saw it on the bottom line, and I was like, was that right? I didn't go actually go look it up and see. July 28th? The guy's insane. Yeah. And that's how the Brewers get eliminated. The guy who hadn't given up a run since July 28th gives up a home run to a lefty who lefties don't hit him at all. So, yeah. If if the Dodgers advance, I wasn't sure which team they would prefer they play. Yeah, cakewalk. Cakewalk, cakewalk past the Braves. In five? Yeah, in five. Both in five. <laughs> Astros in five. Bra- uh, Dodgers in five. No problem. World Series rematch.